Hi, it's Abby, and welcome to this episode of Valley Talks, my summer segment for the Lehigh Valley with Love podcast. In this episode, I had the pleasure of meeting with Liz Phones, the executive director of Girls on the Run Lehigh Valley, which was recently named an official 501c3 nonprofit organization. Girls on the Run is a national nonprofit organization with local chapters nationwide, and it's dedicated to creating a world where every girl knows and activates her limitless potential and is free to boldly pursue her dreams. And now, on to the rest of the episode. Enjoy! So, Liz, um, it's really exciting that Girls on the Run was just designated as a 501c nonprofit. Um, and I'm not a big business person. Do you think, what does that, what does that mean? Like, what um, changed within the organization um, with that designation? What does it mean? So, um, I'll give you the long answer because it's definitely not a, a short answer, has not been a, a short process, but um, Girls on the Run is a national organization. So Girls on the Run International is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And we have a license to, um, as do close to 200 other Girls on the Run councils to, um, to provide their programming in our territory. So 15 years ago, um, an organization um, locally called Diacon Movement Social Ministries Um, found out about Girls in the Run and decided that they wanted to host the program. Um, And so they became our fiscal sponsor at that point. And it's a, it was a great way to kind of allow our organization, allow Girls in the Run Lehigh Valley to, to really get our feet off the ground. Um, And the intention is typically that when Girls and Marine Councils are started that way as part of another larger nonprofit that they will eventually become independent. They'll grow large enough to, to be able to kind of stand on their own two feet. And we, we had such a, and still have such a wonderful relationship with Diacon that over the years, that didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, but then over the last probably two or three years with the pandemic and becoming more and more separate working from home, not having offices in location-based. Um, it just made a lot of sense for us to uh, try to go uh, and become an independent council so that we could run independently from Diacom. We were strong enough, large enough, serving enough girls, have enough community support that we could do that. Um, and so we now have our own uh, 501c3 status uh, which is super exciting um, as we celebrate our 15th anniversary. That's that's really exciting. So besides becoming um, the stuff you talked about with becoming independent from Diacom and um, being able to bring in, you said you could bring in the other um, programming from other councils, correct? So um, um, not well. Yeah, it works a little differently than that. Okay. So um, each council has their own contract with Girls in the Rent International. It's okay. kind of like a franchise. So we are separate from Girls on the Run Pocono. We're separate from Girls on the Run Lancaster. So uh, Pennsylvania has actually a lot of Girls on the Run councils, but every state has their own. So how did it, how did it work before you became a nonprofit? What was like the biggest difference you noticed with that change? Uh, Really, it's just the, the, um, the fact that we were working as part of a very large organization um, instead of working separately as our small nonprofit of a staff of three, you know, doing basically the same work. Um, There's, there's pluses and minuses to, to all of that happening. 
Um, but for the longevity and sustainability of the program, we felt like that was the right decision right now. What was the process like to um, like become a nonprofit? How did that work? So, uh, well, there's two different ways. Fortunately, because we are part of Girls on the Run International, the larger organization, we had a couple of different options. Um, and I think other uh, organizations that are starting from scratch and don't have that, that larger um, backing, it's a little more difficult, uh, which again, I, I think we're in a very fortunate situation um, because we were able to... Um, be part of what's called a group exemption through Girls in the Run International with that 501c3 status. So I don't know if that makes any sense, but um, <laughs> whereas other, um, there is another very long process that uh, with a lot of paperwork um, that we were able to kind of skirt around a little bit because we're part of that larger organization. Um, Girls in the Run International provides so much support um, and that was one thing that we, we took advantage of and it made the process much easier for us. So how did, how did you get involved with girls on the run? Oh, okay. So, um, 12 or 13 years ago now, um, actually it was probably more like 15 years when I moved to the Lehigh Valley. Uh, I actually moved here from Charlotte, North Carolina, where girls, girls on the run is head is their national headquarters is there. And so I have heard of this organization, but as a runner and a girl, <laughs> um, you know, I, I wanted to meet people and thought, oh, well, maybe I'll get involved with that organization. And so the, the first time that I volunteered, I was what's called a running buddy. So at the end of the season, when the girls run in their big celebratory 5k, each girl has a buddy. So it's an adult that um, is keeping them going, keeping them safe, there to motivate. Typically, it's, typically it's their it's a parent or guardian, but sometimes girls don't have someone to run with. And so I volunteered to do, to, to do that. And, um, it was so impactful on me that I, um, I really decided I wanted that program at my, my daughter's elementary school. They didn't have it there. So I went to the director at the time and said, how do we, how do we get this program at my daughter's school? And she said, well, you can be the coach. <laughs> so, so that's how I got started was as a volunteer and as a, a coach at Weisenberg Elementary School in, in um, Northwestern Lehigh. Um, when my daughter, who's now almost 22, <laughs> um, was in third grade. So um, then I, I came on staff part time. Um, after that, I knew that it was just an organization that I wanted to be more involved with based on the values and um, to be honest, it really made sense with my background um, as an organization for me to be in um, my education and what I was passionate about. Uh, so it just kind of all fell into place. <laughs> um, started working part time for the organization 10 years ago and then uh, still here. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you were talking, you talked a lot about their mission and stuff and I that's a great segue down my notes of what I wanted to talk about. So first of all, I, I love the, your guys's mission of empowering and supporting young girls because it's so important, I think, to intervene so early mm -hmm. because it building those role models and like work ethic and showing little girls that like you can do anything very early on is so awesome. 
and like crucial I think I from being in the Girl Scouts I know the impact it had on me and do you think you could talk a little bit like what sort of impact have you like witnessed with your like local community through um, your work with the organization? Oh, wow. I mean, so, so me personally, I, and I think that a lot of our adult mentor um, coaches uh, would, would say the same exact thing. Um, When I started coaching as a volunteer, I thought, wow, I wish I had this program when I was a kid. Um, Because even as an adult, the lessons, they really teach you about things that, that yes, we should know when we're kids, but also we can use in our adult life as parents and um, as friends, as in people that can make an impact on the community. Um, so that's one way personally that it, it made an impact on me as well as on um, my oldest daughter um, who was able to go through the program and, and benefit uh, greatly. Um, and then, you know, every year there's a, there's, there's a story of, of impact and hundreds of them that we don't even know about, but that, that people share with us. And um, I think that the biggest thing we see is at the 5k, when the kids are crossing the finish line in tears, half the time, sometimes they're, they're, you know, getting physically ill because they've pushed themselves to the limit that they have never done before. Um, But just that sense of accomplishment is really just such a, an impactful um, thing that happens during the program. We have kids that um, maybe have um, difficulty with um, communicating. So we've had kids that were selectively mute that start the program and within a few weeks, they're talking up a storm and uh, there, there's nothing um, medical that has happened. It's really that Girls in the Run is a safe place for kids to express themselves and to learn critical life skills that they can take home, they can take back to school and to be strong and confident and know how to stand up for themselves and for others. That's so awesome. I was curious about the, um, I was like reading up and I was looking through your website and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I really liked that you're the big end of season 5k is non-competitive. I feel like it keeps that environment going like the fun, safe place. Cause you don't have to, they're not competing with one another. They're just, I feel like showing off what they were able to do throughout their training. Um, what's, what can you talk a little bit about, um, the 5k? Like how does, how does that work? Sure. Yeah. So, um, that whole idea that the, um, the non-competitive, we call it the mastery climate. So you're mastering, um, really your, what's your own best. It doesn't matter. And, you know, Abby's best is different than my best. So I'm going to focus on me. So throughout the season, um, the girls are setting goals and trying to do better each time, but not comparing themselves to others. And that can be translated into so many different things, you know, right. Um, not just running. (laughs) Um, and so they're building up because they know they're going to run in this big event. Well, most of them have never run in a 5k before in their life. And, um, you know, that can be a little overwhelming because there's thousands of people there. Um, but the non-competitive nature, like you said, rolls over into the 5k and, you know, while there are some kids that do want to know what their time is, there's no clock. We tell them if you need to know your time, start a watch or use your phone, um, ask your running buddy to time you. Um, but it's just an atmosphere of, um, complete joy and accomplishment and what they've been working towards. Um, and I will be honest, a lot of the 
the parents and guardians that come out and, and run with their daughters, um, they feel that same sense of accomplishment as well through their child and for themselves. Um, and we feel a lot of pride in the fact that we are helping families to be more active and hopefully to be talking about some of the lessons that the girls are learning during the season. Um, so the event is, it's, you should come. It's, it's an overwhelmingly exciting thing that happens. We love it. Um, so how does, how does, what is the training like, um, through the season, like leading up to this big event? So, um, we use the word training loosely yeah. because it's kind of, it is very hidden, uh, while the girls do run, they are not forced to run. We always, we always tell people that, um, you know, you don't need to be a runner. You don't need to be athletic. You don't need to you, it. Girls learn run is for everyone, including girls with disabilities. Uh, we have, um, you know, our, our programming is completely accessible. So, uh, you know, we, and we encourage that we want, um, it to be a 100% inc inclusive program while the girls will play games and they will always have a workout per se, that workout is always tied into the theme for, for that day, what the lesson is about. So for example, if, um, the lesson is about um, trying to uh, not have negative self-talk. So those bad things we say to ourselves in our head, uh, the girls are learning tools for, um, for not doing that and what can they do instead. Uh, and so during their workout, maybe they're doing laps, but in between they're talking with their coach and coming up with uh, solutions to different problems. Uh, and then going on and doing more laps. So it, it's a lot of that. It's not, okay, today we're going to run for, um, you know, one mile, then next week, two mile. It's not a build up like that. Um, they, they definitely see an increase in the amount of time that they spend running, but again, it's kind of, um, hidden so that they're not so focused on that. I feel like that takes a lot of the stress out of like yeah. that aspect. I, I run a couple five K's. Um, and I'm not a very, I'm not very good at running, um, just cause I don't do it very often. And the, that's, that was always the most daunting part. It was, you'd like look for ways to try and like make it fun. So you'd get into the habit mm -hmm. <laughs> beyond, um, the running and your like quote unquote training. Cause you said you use that loosely. What sort of other like programming or service projects do you guys work on? So that, that's a great question. Um, Within the Girls in the Run curriculum, there's actually a community service project built in, uh, which is a very important part of the program. So the girls are learning to give back to their community that gives so much to them. So over the course of three or four of the lessons, the girls are coming with up with very simple ideas because it has to be done within the programming time, but ideas um, and communicating with each other about what type of cause they want to help. And then they plan out a simple project and they implement it. Uh, sometimes that means, uh, for example, we've had um, one of the schools in Bethlehem, the kids painted rocks for the police officers. And so the co they couldn't actually go during practice and deliver the rocks, but the coaches did that afterwards. But um, they came up with the idea and it's always so appreciated. So that's a really fun part of, of the program. Um, uh, and then, so like I said, that's built into the, um, 
the curriculum. So that's happening every spring and every fall because that's when we have our programs. Um, and then we have some other events and things that we do throughout the year um, as separate fundraising and trying to get the community to be more active. Um, one in particular that I can think of that we do or that we've, that we've done the last two years, it might change a little bit moving forward, um, is with our partnership with St. Luke's um, and Tail on the Trail. So St. Luke's is our, is our presenting sponsor of our 5K, but with, with that um, comes this partnership with Tail on the Trail. And that's a program that really is for the whole community to get out and be active use the beautiful trail system that we have, the DNL trails. And then there is a system for them to log their miles. They can get prizes, that sort of thing. So that's a, an example of a partnership that we have that really fits so well with, with our mission. I, I always love when people talk about the DNL trail. I live right by a trailhead um, for it. Um, and it's so, I always love going and I always feel like more motivated to go out and actually be active when I like go to the trailhead. We're so fortunate to have so many beautiful places around here to be outside and to be active. Oh my gosh. So yeah. I'm all for anything that we can do to, to uh, <laughs> get people out there. Um, so of your, um, the programs you've done, have you had a, what has been your favorite like service project or program that you've worked on? I probably would say um, the one that had the biggest impact on me. Well, probably two. Uh, this, this is just more personal because when my daughter was in Girls in the Run and got to, to finish the program when she did it in um, elementary school, and then I believe when she was a freshman in high school, she came back and she sang the national anthem at the 5K. And that's just something that I will, I'll never forget. And I thought, well, you know, if maybe if she hadn't been part of this program, she wouldn't have the confidence to stand up there in front of thousands of people and sing so beautifully. So that was one, but I would, I would say even bigger than that, um, was the fall, uh, so fall of 2021, which was our first in-person event after the pandemic. And you don't realize how much you miss being with people and seeing the kids in their faces and all the hard work that you put into the program. Um, you don't see it when they're doing a virtual event so much, right? So the fall event and seeing so many kids just so happy and, and being out there after a couple of years of not getting to do that, um, I realized how much um, selfishly I missed it, but I knew that the program, especially that season was so incredibly important to the kids that were involved and the kids that are involved afterwards because of what they experienced through the pandemic. Um, and because they, a lot of them needed that um, social connection, uh, our program really provided that for them. And they felt really, really proud um, that so many kids benefited. Um, how did, how did this program work? Well, um, like during the pandemic, um, did you do like virtual, how did like virtual events work? Yeah. So um, the spring of 20, I always get confused on the dates, but it's 2020, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, some someday we'll be like, oh, that was a long time ago. We don't. <laughs> um, the spring of 2020, we had 700 girls registered for our spring program that we had to cancel. So um, that was not 
a lot of fun. <laughs> no, but we created a bunch of different uh, virtual options that actually were more for families and the girls that they could um, do at home to keep them active. And while we were keeping people engaged, Girls in the Run International was coming up with a virtual curriculum. So then um, as of the fall, we were actually able to offer regular programming, but with a virtual option. So, um, and we really only had a couple of our teams that had to do that because by that point, uh, masking was okay. And because our program is mostly outside, that that was a huge benefit for us. Um, we were able to, um, to do that knowing that if say a school had to shut down, they could transition to using the virtual curriculum. And the virtual curriculum was very closely mirrored the regular curriculum. It just um, made it so that you could pull up a really fun, quick PowerPoint, talking to the kids online, uh, and then they would have homework at the end where they would have to do the, the physical piece of it on their own. Um, so while it wasn't ideal, it was, it we were providing programming. Um, we did a virtual 5K um, at the end of that fall. And then the next spring, 21, when we were still kinda a little bit virtual, every, every site. So there were, at that point, we had 25 schools that were involved in that program. Um, they all did their own little mini 5K at their school. So that was, well, it was a lot of work. That was fun. Um, to have all these different 5Ks going on, you know, over the course of a week or so. Um, so long story short, we kept going. <laughs> we yeah. were very resilient during um, during the pandemic. And that's what we wanted the kids to, to see and to know that, hey, no matter what, you push through. Yeah, it's, it's so good to hear that you're able to figure out how to like persevere through such a drastic change. Um, well, and I would have, have to say, you know, thanks to a lot of supporters and, you know, our, our, our biggest funders, United Way, St. Luke's, Two Rivers Health and Wellness, Highmark, um, a lot of, you know, great supporters that kept supporting us um, because we were still providing program. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to do it without them. Yeah. So um, upcoming, like looking to the future, what sort of, what sort of events do you have coming up that uh, you'd like to let people know about? Sure. So our right now we're in the process of doing site registrations for our fall programming, which typically starts early October, end of September, early October. So in addition to that, we're always looking for volunteer coaches. Our programming runs from um, the end of September to early December when we have the 5K at um, DeSales University is scheduled for December 3rd this year. So that's what our, our fall is looking like, but um, I may have failed to, no, I think I did mention it earlier. It's, it is our 15th anniversary. Um, and so we are looking to do a fun um, sort of fundraiser slash awareness event um, likely will be early November. And we're partnering with our friends at Girls in the Run Pocono. Um, to do an event called Luna Fest. I wish I, wish I had um, 100% confirmed the location of where it's going to be because it could be really, it, it's going to be really exciting regardless, but the location where I think it's going to be 
is amazing. So I will get back to you about that. <laughs> but LunaFest is a film festival um, that is, um, we partner with Luna, like Luna Bar, Cliff Bars. Mm -hmm. um, they're a national sponsor of Girls in the Run. And so they have put together this festival of films that's um, by and about women. Um, and it, they're all extremely impactful and powerful stories that um, really just show that we can do whatever we set our minds to. Um, and there's just stories of impact. Um, and it's kind of set up as a film festival type um, event. And so that's what we're looking at this fall. Um, super, it's going to be really exciting. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Um, You're going to want to go. You're yeah. going to want to <laughs> it, it sounds really fun. I, you don't really hear about stuff like that happening around here much. So no, I don't think there's anything really exactly like this. And it just because it's, it's a, a film festival about women and, or empowering, doesn't mean that it, it's not for men too, because <laughs> I think so many, and I always say that to, to parents when they ask, well, why do, why isn't this for boys too? And that's um, because the curriculum is specifically written for girls from third to eighth grade. Um, but could boys benefit from a lot of the lessons? Absolutely. Um, that's why we love to encourage families to talk about the lessons at home, because I think it can be translated to so many different things. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who's interested in um, looking at your volunteer opportun opportunities, um, how would you advise someone get involved with Girls on the Run? Sure. Yeah, we have... Um, there's really two ways that you can volunteer for our organization. Um, well, three. One, you could be a volunteer coach. That's the biggest commitment, um, but something that we are always uh, looking for. And I will say it is an incredible experience. It changed my life, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a season long, 10 week commitment twice a week. Uh, but on top of that, we have opportunities for um, one or two day volunteers at our 5k, um, as well as, um, because we are a newly reformed nonprofit, I think that's a, a good way to, to, to state it. Um, we are redeveloping our board of directors and we are being very strategic about what we are looking for in certain, um, diverse individuals that we would really love to see fill some, some gaps that we have on our board. Um, you know, talent wise. So those are areas that, that we're looking for. And the best way would be to, to go to our website, um, go to lehighvalley.com and, uh, you know, click around and there's plenty of places where you can click, you know, contact girls in the run or volunteer. Um, but that's probably the best place to look. Thank you for listening. And also a big thank you again to Liz for taking the time to talk with me. And if you're interested in getting involved with Girls on the Run by volunteering or by registering a girl for the program, you can do that at gotrlehighvalley.org. That's g-o-t-r-l-e-h-i-g-h-v-a-l-l-e-y.org. Thank you for listening.